Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Ryland Turner here for the second edition of the evening show. My little interview slash ah, whatever it is. It's, it's a little bit of a variety show that I do by myself. Last time we had Jana Morrison from the hit TV show. Uh, oh, God, I can't remember her TV show name. And this is terrible. This is terrible. Ah, We'll move on. We'll move on. Tonight, we have Blaine the Brain from the Royal Ramble podcast. And I'm very excited because we're going to talk pro wrestling. We're going to talk the state of pro wrestling um so without further ado blaine welcome to the evening show and welcome to the wednesday night wallop network thank you very much rylan thanks for having me okay so the first question that i always ask everybody on the evening show and it's it's an important question it's non-rest wrestling related it's non really anything related simple first question is what did you have for breakfast this morning Oh gosh, I have, uh, I got into a routine. So I, I do like a, a daily workout. And part of that workout is the, uh, the eating regimen, the, the meal prep and, and all that. So typically for breakfast, I usually have, and I, I had the same this morning is it's like, a a, uh, an oatmeal, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, it's a, a breakfast that my wife made. She, she like jar puts these oatmeals together in like a jar with bananas, mashed up bananas and brown sugar it tastes really good awesome awesome again as i said on the last episode my breakfast this morning was coffee and cigarettes so you've got me beat i think every guest going forward will probably have me beat but it is the most important meal of the day and i'm going to remind everyone who listens to our podcasts try your best to be like blaine and have a great breakfast mm-hmm. uh let's let's not waste any time though you're here to talk about the state of pro wrestling with me um sure. It's it's such a fascinating time in pro wrestling right now because for the first time in like many, many, many years, almost 20 years, we have two giant wrestling companies going head to head. And people can say whatever they want about AEW not being at the level of WCW. Sure. Um, they're still on a major network. They're still getting quite a lot of, uh, of fanfare. And I mean, I guess the first question, um, you, you said that off air that you, you follow AEW and WWE. Um, what are your thoughts on the first few years of AEW? Like, what are the highs and the lows for you? Yeah, well, so going back, it's funny that you mentioned the whole Monday Night War thing. Uh, I, I just, I, I, not to hang up on that too much, but I, I just wanted to comment on it. So I, I grew up during that period of wrestling. It, it's, um, I was maybe like 17, 18 years old when, the, when WCW and ECW both went under uh, WCW and they were purchased by WWE, of course. Um, and it's hard to believe that in the period from my birth until then, it seemed a lot longer than it has been since they, from the time that they went under until now. Like, it doesn't seem like that long ago. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So, in, so to answer your question, um, <laughs> forgive me. Uh, can you, can you repeat that actually? Uh, so what are your thoughts on the first few years of AEW? What are your, what are the highs and the lows that you're finding right now? Is there, are there any athletes on their roster that you think that maybe they're pushing a little bit too hard? Or is there somebody that you'd like to see get a better rub? Uh, any thoughts really? So when AEW first started, they had a lot of hype around the organization. Of course, they had a lot of, um, there was a lot of people talking. People were they they brought into they brought in several people from their organization from other that were popular elsewhere, uh, such as New Japan, Ring of Honor. Uh, so a lot of the it, it appeals mostly to the hardcore audience, I find, and it still does to this day. And that and I think that's something that they need to grow out of. Uh, in or in order to attract new fans, they can't just appeal to one side of the audience. 
um, right. which unfortunately is a very, very low, uh, small majority. Uh, I mean, they, they fill up arenas, which is great. That's, that's great for now, but in order to attract new fans, I think they have to kind of think outside the box and, um, and try to uh, market their, their product a little, a little better, be, be more all encompassing, mm-hmm. uh, instead of just targeting one specific audience. Uh, but thus far, I mean, what they have been doing, they've been doing very well. I find that the match quality is off the page. Uh, and and I say that without pun because, of course, their champion, Hangman Adam Page, uh, he's doing a great job. Uh, I, the only, my only criticism of him is that as as champion, I don't feel that he's booked as a world champion should be. Right. Uh, he has tremendous matches. Like every time he goes out there, he has and he like he puts on great matches, five star quality matches um, and gets mat- great matches out of guys that I wouldn't normally think that he would get a great match out of. Like, I love the match that he had with Lance Archer. That was probably my best, my favorite Lance Archer match of all time. And, I, and for those who have followed my podcast, I'm not a huge Lance Archer fan, but that match almost sold me on him. Right. Right. Sir, and certainly, like, since he's become champion, I, I, I can see what you're saying. Like, I almost feel like he's better in the chase than he is as the champion because the chase was so great. Like, the, the, the two-year build with him and Omega and slowly getting to that point where they finally had that match, I found I, – I've heard the argument that it, it went too long. I think right. that in today's day and age in wrestling, we do not have enough long-term storylines that pay off as well as I feel like that paid off. And mm-hmm. people, again, are going to criticize him for not being at the top of the card. I feel like going into next Sunday, this guy has got the biggest match of his career. I'd say arguably yeah. uh, Punk's biggest match in his AEW run so far. I mean, you could put the a- the MJF one up there, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But there, this is for the world championship. And that's what this business is all about, is that big title. So uh, let's let's move on from AEW for a little bit. Um, actually, before we do that, you gave me the highs and the lows. Uh, who do you think between AEW and WWE has the better TV product right now? Uh, the, you know, a year ago, I might have had a different answer. But this year, I think definitely AEW, for sure. Right. Like, for sure. The WWE product has just become so, uh, I don't want to say stale, but it, but it kind of has been become right. stale. It's been, it's been getting very very repetitive lately, and uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of parody booking. There's a lot of repetitive booking. Uh, there's a lot of fifty fifty booking, uh, which is a major turnoff for a lot of their. I mean, of course, they're going to keep their long term followers like myself and, and probably yourself. Yes, I am. Uh, but you know, in order to attract new fans, I don't I don't think that's the way to do it. People come in for like stuff like WrestleMania or, or SummerSlam, like any of the big four pay-per-views really, but keeping that audience is the real challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something that not only AEW is having a hard time doing it. WWE certainly is too. You got to see yeah. like re- record low numbers with ratings over the last couple of years. And I mean, like cer- certainly there, you know, when you're going up against, basketball and football and whatever you're going to expect that i 100 understand that and when you're coming into demographics like in canada when you're going up against the nhl playoffs it's the same deal but right you're not doing yourself any favors by like i'm i'm completely shocked that cody rhodes hasn't lost yet like hasn't lost i I was shocked that he beat seth two pay-per-views in a row and and same goes for even edge I mean, yeah. like, I guess I 
I, I sort of understand edge a little bit more in the sense that they're building this faction and, and it's, I mean, like right. I'm a, I'm a big edge fan. I'm a big AJ styles fan, but mm-hmm. they have not, deli- they it almost kind of felt like the Nakamura AJ styles match for me. Yeah. Like yeah, the, exactly. the, the, all it's this very, hype, but not quite delivered. Very one-sided in that regard. I feel like if you're going to, there, there needs to be, a, if you're, if you're going to do a repeat match on pay-per-view uh, or excuse me, P of a premium live event, whatever you call it now. <laughs> uh, but if you're going to do a return match, uh, there has to be co- some kind of motivation that makes it different than the original. Absolutely. It has to be, you have to motivate your audience to want to see the match again. Because thus far, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, they've had really good matches, but Cody is up 2 0. Like, what is the, why would people want to see a third match? And if he, if he wins in hell in a cell, like what does that do to Seth? Seth, right, who you've exactly. really kind of kept on the back burner as this guy who is always a, t- a top guy, always a guy who could go for the belt. And we saw with Roman has incredible matches uh, when he is put in that position. But like, yeah. again, like you, I feel like you're kind of hurting a guy that has been a, a strong guy for you a guy who isn't afraid to go to the media and kind mm-hmm. of you know take shots at AEW and and to call the WWE the best product out there and yeah. I I don't know I feel like if you I mean I understand that right now Cody Rhodes is definitely the number two guy behind Roman Reigns it's it's what they're booking and it's and, and I'm for it like I'm a Cody Rhodes fan I'm happy to see him getting his flowers in WWE finally right. um and I'm and I would really love to see him beat Roman <laughs> But it's just again, you gotta you gotta c- consistently keep guys strong, and three straight losses is, is for me not keeping a guy strong. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's not even the win, the winning and losing that Matt that really counts uh, for a lot. Because uh, I mean, let's face it, WWE and the wins and losses haven't counted for a lot for for several years now. Right. Um, we've seen guys that have been losing nonstop, but are still able to bounce back. Like look at a guy like Jericho when he was there, he was losing almost every match he was in and he was still one of the top stars that they ever had. Like he, he was, he still remained over Rey Mysterio when he was champion the first time he was losing every non-title match he had. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ruined his first title run, but fans still loved him. So, I mean, like, what do we know? Absolutely. Um, so we, we, we already kind of talked about what AEW, or actually, I don't know if we did. What do you think AEW needs to do to get to that next level? Like, I, I understand drawing in new fans, but like, I'll put it to you this way. Like, you've, with signings like CM Punk and Brian Danielson and these guys who are bona fide stars right. and will bring in your, your 20,000 people to fill in uh, the arenas. Um, what else, what, what's the next step? Like, because I, I feel like, with the inexperience that Tony Khan has with booking and certainly now mm-hmm. that he's taken on another project with ring of honor, I feel like we need to get more people in there. Like we need to get more. I, I understand yeah. that there's that theory that too many chefs in the kitchen ruins the meal or whatever, but like, I feel like one chef working a night where you're doing 400 people also makes it really stressful on that one guy. And let's not forget that he's also he's also uh, part of the Jaguars organization as well as a soccer team's organization. So it's not like this guy isn't um, always busy as it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I feel like AEW uh, they have been doing a good job at booking their talent for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they where they could do a better job, I think, is doing more developmental 
uh, like developing new talent instead of bringing in people that are already familiar faces. Right. Uh, because, I mean, you can do a bit of both, but you don't want to overdo it. And I think I feel like they have. They, I mean, every week on um, on Dynamite or Rampage, we see a, a, basically a new signing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they should be focused on building up their own current crop of talent, the younger stars. They've done a great job thus far with MJF and, and guys like Darby Allen and Jungle Boy, but I want to see more of that in the top mix instead of guys that were stars elsewhere and are getting a fresh run in AEW. Oh, I 100% agree. I would actually even credit them for the phenomenal job they've done with Wardlow. Wardlow is a guy yeah, who the first exactly. time I ever looked at that guy, I said, that guy's going to be boring. He's not going to be anything entertaining. Just by, and, and that's me, me being preconditioned by the WWE always delivering that right. character with that size and look of a guy. This guy's fucking phenomenal. Like, he's great. <laughs> he's great. And honestly, yeah. the last few weeks of him appearing on, I mean, with the exception of the last week in, uh, in um, Long Island, because that's MJF's home base, the guy's been like Goldberg level over. Like I, the the handcuffs, like everything, like the the fans want to see this guy powerbomb MJF 26 times. And I think that that's the ultimate payoff to like double or nothing. Without getting into these predictions, like how do you, how's this guy lose? How does, how do you, how do you have him lose Mm. and satisfy this fan base? Has, has he ever, he, he has lost, I guess. Yeah, he, they, he's lost did. to Punk and he's lost right. to Cody, and but he's only lost to big guys. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. and not to say that MJF isn't, like MJF beating him isn't a big deal, but it just, it it's another, this has been long-term booking. This it, isn't it something that has momentum for sure. Yeah. But, but I, I understand your point. Like with Wardlow, um, personally, I still don't see much in him. But you know what? Booking makes a world of difference. I think he's been booked tremendously. Yeah. I still think he's like somebody like uh, like a Lance Archer, who I mentioned earlier, like a, like a uh, any any number of big guys that they have in WWE, like a Braun Strowman, for instance. People and people were always saying once Braun Strowman got released that he wouldn't fit the mold in AEW. Well, I mean, guess what? They have guys like Wardlow. They have Lance Archer. I don't see right. any difference in those guys from Strowman. It's all a matter of booking. Absolutely. Um, so let's get into a few of the other companies, and we're, we're going to just touch very briefly on and what you're – I mean, you said yourself, you're not following everybody, but Impact I, Wrestling. Uh, I, I follow you on Facebook and, and your, and your uh, podcast page on Facebook. You're very heavily seems to be into, in, into Impact yeah. Wrestling. So, and you know what, you're not the only one, like this Mm -hmm. is a company that has really had a rough go over the last decade with uh, all the channel movements, all the management movements, uh, losing stars to the WWE Mm -hmm. and just simply put being the, what was at one time, the eh, number two company. And I say that like that (laughs) because like they were number two, but I go back and I'm like, there's, there was nothing, there was nothing here that was anything better than WWE was putting up. I think, Um, I think honestly i think they were even number three behind ufc at the time yes and ufc ufc even though it's not a wrestling company was still viewed at that as as a uh, more of an alternative to wwe than in than tna was offering at the time 
Yeah, absolutely. But let's talk about like the last, I would say the last two years, really. Like they've really been able to put on these fantastic shows. They're not keeping talent to these ridiculously long deals. And I think that's playing in their benefit. Like uh, uh, Mia Yim just announced that she signed for six months there. That's the perfect amount of time to have a Mia Yim. Because Mia Yim is going to be somebody who goes to an AEW eventually and, and has like this big, great career. She's got the talent. She's, she's got the personality for it, but six months in impact is going to really put a lot of eyes on her. Yes, exactly. And and it kind of reminds me of when there, when the, there used to be the territory days Mm -hmm. um, where people would pass in and out of promotions uh, or, or certain territories for stay for maybe like four to six months and then go on to the next territory. And that's what kind of what that's what impact kind of reminds me of. I think, honestly, I think that's the best approach right now uh, for them, for a company that is not so much growing anymore, but kind of growing out of what they used to be, which is which was completely trash TV. And um, I and I can totally relate to that. So I used to work for uh, I used to work for Fight Network. I was an intern there. Right. Uh, this is a, a wrestling network in Toronto. Uh, Fight Network, of course, was bought out recently by Anthem Sports, which now owns Impact. Um, and uh, so when I was interning there, I was responsible for writing the TV reports for TNA at the time. And keep in mind, this is Vince Russo era TNA. So, so it wasn't the greatest. <laughs> it wasn't the greatest two hours of my life. It felt like 10. But I mean, that... If, I mean, if that didn't turn me off of the product, I don't know what will. So in any case, um, when they lost their deal on Spike TV, and I think that was when, I, th- I think the final episode was when Dixie Carter was put through the table by Bully Ray, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. It was around that point anyway. Um, I just didn't care enough about them to seek them out on another platform. I, I know that they had a deal with Pop at one point. Yeah. Um, and then I, I just didn't care enough about them. I watched, I, I, I watched here and there, but I didn't really watch, re- watch very regularly at the time. And then I only recently, I only got back into it recently, uh, because of COVID, which now I'm, I'm working from, I have the benefit of working from home, which has freed up a lot more of my time to check out shows that I wouldn't normally check out and impact being one of them. Um, I wasn't crazy about the product at first, when I first started watching again, uh, there were still a bit of, um, there were still a bit of booking catastrophes that, that were happening at the time. Um, and, uh, most notably, I, I didn't care for the match that they had a couple bound for glories ago with Eric Young against Rich Swan. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, it was a good match. It was a good story leading into it. But I feel like this is a match that if the two of them were in WWE, that's a match that could have been had on like a main event or something like that. Right. It didn't seem like a, a high quality match for, to me. Um, and then last year at Bound for Gloria was looking forward to it, but only because of the potential of Kenny to Omega defending the AEW World Championship and potentially getting some, some street cred for impacting him which unfortunately didn't happen. He lost the title to Christian Cage a couple months before then, uh, which kind of put the kind of halted that momentum a little bit uh, for Josh Alexander to win it. And then I hated how that whole situation was handled at the end of last year's Bound for Glory with Alexander winning. And then all of a sudden Moose comes out of nowhere and it just ended the night and the pay-per-view on such a sour note. 
And I don't think, and, and this is a very common theme in impact, especially at recent bound for glories that I don't think that's the way that you want to promote your product. No, Vince McMahon has a, has a theory that a WrestleMania needs to send the people home happy, no matter exactly. how you find. And, and don't get me wrong. There's been plenty of WrestleManias that didn't do that. Uh, WrestleMania 2000. Uh, there yeah. was plenty through the 2000s that did that. Um, but that being said, though, like that's your big show. Like mm-hmm. I fully expect next weekend that either Hangman Page wins this great, fantastic wrestling match against CM Punk or CM Punk wins and the people go bonkers. Like, I don't see it being uh, a dusty right. finish. I don't see it being any sort of, you know, and nobody else runs in to help. No, it's going to be a straight up wrestling match and somebody's going to win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I Are we getting into predictions already or? Uh, not quite, not quite. I do have to okay. ask you about a couple more. <laughs> okay, uh, so, so we'll focus on back on impact then. Uh, so, as it relates to the modern day product, I, yeah, I have been praising it a lot on my Facebook group, the Royal Ramble. Um, it has gotten significantly better from what I remember, especially especially this year. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a change in booking direction, a change in management. I don't know what the, whatever the case is, whatever the case may be, but whatever they're doing, they need to keep doing it. They're they're on the they're definitely on the right track. They're bringing in new stars as well. They're appealing to the hardcore audience uh, more frequently now. Uh, they're putting on five-star matches. The X Division is now back to where it should be, where it used to be. Um, it finally resembles the old X, the old school X Division again. Right. Uh, they're they're building up the Knockouts Division as well. Um, yeah, so they're they're doing a really good job. Their tag team division, especially their tag team division, they just had a ten-team gauntlet at the last uh, show. I don't even know if WWE even has 10 teams to, to be in a gauntlet right now. Not, not 10 teams that I would consider tag team championship uh, worthy. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Um, moving on from impact. I want to touch on a couple other companies and I know you don't, uh, don't follow everybody, but like just general thoughts and, and maybe how these companies can get to the level of interest that you have for impact. Uh, sure. We'll start with new Japan. Um, the new Japan's a product that like I watched, fairly religiously when mm-hmm. i first moved out to ontario almost five years ago i like i watched every wrestle kingdom i stay up till 3 30 in the morning and watch till whatever time it was i loved it it was great it was highly entertaining but mm-hmm. the pandemic really slowed it down for new japan and i can understand that it slowed the world down but right. they i feel like have not been able to bounce back booking wise um and just overall i mean sure the g1's great and sure every pay-per-view there's a match that you're like that was freaking fantastic but Mm -hmm. like what what do you think new japan needs to really give themselves a shot in the arm and get back to where i feel like they were getting to before the pandemic right i mean as i said with aew i think the, the main challenge for new japan is is building a um a younger audience appealing to a new audience uh building newer stars I feel like they've had a lot of the same stars for the last several years. Uh, as you said, that the, the pandemic has significantly slowed things down for them. I do, I do follow New Japan, but not perhaps not as religiously as most people. Right. Um, I've been considering getting a subscription to New Japan World uh, to check out some of their stuff uh, on there, some of the the classic matches. Um, I I really just follow the uh, the main shows, the Dominion, uh, the G One, the um, 
what, what's the other one? Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I followed, I, I'm currently following, or I did uh, just watch the, the collision, uh, New Japan collision, I think it was, that they had this weekend. Um, and then, uh, of course, the, uh, the Super Juniors, which I'm going to be plan to watch at some point later this week. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's not for everybody. It's, but I think the benefit is that they now have a lot of the New Japan talent in across several of the North American promotions right now. Right. Like WWE, even WWE, they have a lot of talent there. They have, they just had uh, Kushida there. They have, they have uh, Nakamura still on their roster. Uh, they, and uh, AEW is using uh, Ishii. They've used uh, Minoru Suzuki in the past. They, they're, they're using their talent. Uh, Impact is using several New Japan talents, um, including Ishii, who just competed. Um, and they also had uh, Thin Juice at one point. Right. Uh, but I think, and I think that is getting more, uh, that is uh, attracting more fans to check out the New Japan product. Um, the same way that these companies were helping Ring of Honor, which is now on hiatus. Right. And that's, you know what, that's perfect, uh, perfect segue, because Ring of Honor is the next company I want to talk about. Now, T- Tony Khan announced uh, recently that he has purchased the company, he's going to be solely booking it. Um, and we know very little about what the future of Ring of Honor is. We're seeing it heavily promoted on AEW television. The titles are being defended. And I think that's great. I think that it's great yeah. to keep eyes on it while you don't know where it's going. But right. it comes down to like, I'm a, I'm a Wednesday Night Wallop covers AEW. We, we started by covering AEW and NXT and NXT is just, it's not there anymore. So mm-hmm. we, we, we've, we're putting all our focus into AEW and I, I want to say I'm a Tony Khan fan in a sense that I f- I'm very happy he's given us this company, but I mean, like number one, I don't know if one guy can book two different wrestling promotions by himself right, without yeah. input. I mean, again, I'm not saying we need to get, you know, a bunch of wrestlers in there and, and, and trying to put themselves over and uh, not to say that that would happen, but that's the wrestling business that's happens. It's politicking. Mm-hmm. It's how you get as far as you get in that, um, that company. Oh, it looks like we've reached a time limit. Wonderful. All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to make this quick then. Uh, Ring of Honor, give me your thoughts. Yeah. So I, I mean, I've always been a fan. I, I wouldn't say always been a fan, but since I've been watching, I've been a fan, uh, maybe about 10, 10, 11 years I've been watching. Um, I had an on and off kind of relationship with them, uh, but I think that they're doing a good job of getting, of attracting more fans. They're building new stars, which not a lot of other promotions are at the moment. They're building the stars of the future, like guys like Jonathan Gresham, right. guys like Dalton Castle, uh, Brody King, et cetera. So I, I think they're they're on the right track. Um, and who knows what the future holds? But I think it's gonna when if when's all when it's all said and done, they're probably gonna be another ECW. Uh, as like no matter if they go out of business or not, their memory is still gonna exist within yeah. pro wrestling. And I'm happy to see that Tony Khan has purchased it so that we're never going to lose that tape library. Like the, eventually when AEW does have their streaming platform, it's going to be yeah. great to go back and watch old Ring of Honor stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. But we're going to move on right now to our double or nothing predictions. Now, five matches have been booked so far. I'll start at sure. the top and work our way down. Uh, Hangman Page and CM Punk. Now, I've had thoughts thrown at me like CM Punk is smart enough that he doesn't, he knows he doesn't need the title and mm-hmm. that, that makes him like a Hulk Hogan type person. I don't think so. 
I think that I, I mean, being a punk fan, number one, I think that this right. is what every punk fan wants. They want him to get that title and have a good run. Not to say that his WWE title run wasn't good. He held it for a long time, right? but it was marred by booking decisions that were questionable at the time and still questionable to this day. The summer of punk turned into eh, the you know, six weeks of punk and then, you know, whatever. So that all that being said, um, let's start with punk and hangman. What are your, what are your predictions? So I think, uh, Hangman has had a pretty decent run, not as great as he could have had. And I think it's time for change. I think Punk is walking away with the AEW world title. Um, probably a clean finish, as you said. Uh, it might open the door maybe for a Hangman heel turn. Uh, right. I think his his gimmick, his char- character lends itself to, to that. I'm actually surprised that they didn't really play into each other's characters uh, based on this feud. Like it, it didn't seem like, cause they could have done so much if punk was playing the heel. Uh, let's say they, I mean, he's the straight edge guy against the guy that's like a heavy drinker. Uh, they could have done something with that. Uh, but I think you're right. Like the fans just don't want to boo punk at this point, unless they're in long Island, of course, but uh, <laughs> we'll leave that. We'll leave that alone for the time being. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, if you looked at all any of the promotional posters uh, for Dynamite, for future house shows, for anything coming up, Punk is always at the forefront. He's always in the center of those. He's all he's always the center of attention in this company. It seems like his segments are always the primary focus of every Dynamite. Um, and Hangman is kind of lost in the background right now, even as champion. And I don't think that should be. I think the world champion should be the guy to carry to to steer the ship. Agreed, 100%. Um, moving on to Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb, a match that I, I wasn't expecting. I don't know why I wasn't expecting it, considering how hot they've kept Deeb. But yeah. uh, I think this is going to be a, a barn burner. I don't see Rosa losing the title, but I wouldn't right. be upset with it either. It's going to be a tremendous match, and I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think these guys, these two uh, ladies have had some some killer matches in NWA as well. Uh, so, um, And I think they did have one previously in AEW, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's going to be a great match. Deep had a great series of matches with Sheeta recently. Uh, Thunder Rosa had great matches. A great match uh, last year, I believe, with Britt Baker. The problem that I have is that they're not, neither one of these two ladies is Britt Baker. They're, right. they're not, again, like this, like I said with Hangman Page, they're not presented as the face of the promotion. They're not the face of the women's division. That's, that is held by Dr. Britt Baker. And, and in that sense, it defeats the purpose of having a new champion when that champion is not more popular or more over than the person that she beat for it. hundred percent. Uh, who do you think, uh, number, actually number one, uh, we have two jokers being revealed on dynamite this week. Uh, who do you think they are? I've heard a lot of rumors speculating. Um, that could be the Gargano family coming in as, as both those, uh, wild positions that Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, but, you know, I don't know, uh, t- I don't know too much about the, how the pregnancy thing works. I don't know when Candace was, uh, de- had delivered, uh, but um, I'm assuming that she's probably going to be needing more time off. Having said that, I don't, I hope that it's not somebody new to the promotion. I think that's what a lot of people are expecting. Right. Um, 
And I guess it would be kind of disappointing if it wasn't, but then that's kind of on the fans uh, for having that expectation. Um, 100%. I I feel like Nero could be the perfect guy for that spot. Like he's been away for a while. Although to that point though, Cesaro is another name being thrown around right now. And like, like uh, everyone's seen that he's got a relation to the Hart family. So it makes sense. Mm -hmm. My question though, is, is like, with a match like him and Joe on dynamite, that's pay-per-view quality. Who do you put over? Because Joe's got to come in strong right now. And I think if you bring Mm -hmm. in Cesaro, so does he, but I'll let you, I'll let you go at it. Yeah, that is a huge question. Uh, I think that, I mean, you, you wouldn't want to bring in somebody new. And this is the other reason I don't think they should be in bringing somebody new if they're just going to lose right off the bat. I think that right. kills their momentum right away. And uh, with somebody like Claudio, I don't, I don't think that's a great decision. Although they, AEW has done in the past, they can make somebody look really strong even in defeat. Right. They did it in the two, the, the match with uh, Brian Danielson and Hangman Page. They made Danielson look like a monster in that in that I call it a match, but it's a it was a fight. Mm-hmm. That's what it resembled. Um, if they're going to bring Claudio, I think he could lose, but I hope it gets enough time where he at least gets to showcase some of his ability that he didn't get to showcase in WWE. Um, if and if he wins, you know, I can see some kind of chicanery there where, where Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt, they've been feuding with Joe. I can see them getting involved, somehow costing him the, the match. And maybe um, when Ring of Honor uh, starts up again, maybe Claudio is, is uh, puts himself in title contention uh, for the uh, what, what is it? The TV title that Joe. Yes. Now holds? Yes. Right. Yeah. So I think I, I think that might be uh, something to consider down the road. Blaine, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this uh, edition. We were going to talk about Hook and Danhausen and, and Tony Nice and oh. Smart Mark <laughs> Sterling, but we are running out of time, so I don't want to. I don't want to lose you, and I want to make sure you have a, a prime opportunity to promote your show, promote where to find you on social media. So why don't you tell the fine yeah. folks who listen to Wednesday Night Wallop and all of our shows where to find you? Yeah, so my podcast is the Royal Ramble. I'm available on Spotify, recording every Sunday afternoon. Uh, the uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Blaine Dabrain D A Brain eighty four at on Twitter and then uh, I have a YouTube channel my real name Blaine Vandergreen follow my fa- you can find my uh, Facebook group the Royal Ramble. Excellent. Excellent. If you want to listen to any of the other podcasts on Wednesday Night Wallop, you can find us on Twitter at, at WN Wallop, on Instagram, WN Wallop, Facebook. We're just known as Wednesday Night Wallop, and you'll find myself and Kyle Joseph's name. That's us, guaranteed, every time. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at RYAM Sport Report. And I've got a minute, so I'm going to quickly promote some of the stuff we've got coming out in the next few uh, days and weeks. Uh, I'm going to obviously drop this interview with Blaine probably sometime this week. By the time you've heard that, you should have already seen that we have a new Wednesday Night Rewind out covering WCW Halloween Havoc 2000. Fuck you, Kyle. That show sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Wednesday Night Wallop is going to make its grand return, hopefully this weekend, if not next week, with a preview show of Double or Nothing and a live edition of a double or nothing review uh next sunday night so stay tuned and look for that we're going to be on podbean or youtube we haven't decided yet with all that being said blaine once again thank you for coming on the evening show i'm rylan turner good night everybody
You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.